Welcome to Opinion Hoppers, a movie podcast for the cutest darn lizard you've ever seen. I'm Cody. I'm Tyler. Tyler, tell the good people what we watched. We watched Mandy. Mm. Just Mandy. Just Mandy. Mandy. Starring Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. In honor of Nicolas Cage, uh, on our table is my Nicolas Cage coffee mug. Yep. How would you describe that coffee mug? I would describe it as someone has taken his face, mm-hmm. put it on both sides, yep, and then instead of just having his face like an image like normal, yeah, wrapped the skin color, yes, so like stretched his face across like, it, yeah, so it's all just solid pink Nick Cage just flesh, flesh colored coffee mug with Nick Cage's face on it, yeah, it's, it's not even one I've seen that much. It's just a, a generic crazy <laughs> looking one. It's designed in such a way that when you take a sip from it. As you lower the glass, you inevitably make eye contact with Nicolas Cage. It's terrifying. Can I point two things out to you? Yes. They're both about his eye. <laughs> Specifically his left eye. Yep. I feel like we're looking at the same face here. Yep. It's squinted slightly, mm-hmm. and the pupil is larger. <laughs> I just... Wow, I didn't mean... I think you're right. Also, his right eyebrow is much shorter than his left eyebrow. That's true, and it's a little, little thicker, too, in the middle. Yeah. So, so much to unpack here. <laughs> much like this movie. This movie was a lot. It was a lot. Mm. Cody, what did I say a few minutes into the movie? Like, I, what, what did I say? I remember you saying, I feel like I need to be either high or drunk yes. to understand this. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, is, it seems like the kind of movie that was made to be seen on some sort of highly illegal substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some sort of hallucinogenic mm-hmm. something or other. Yeah. So, Cody, top level. Mm-hmm. Tell me, give me, what was the movie? Give me the rundown. All right. You want my synopsis? 30 Plot seconds synopsis? or less. All right. That you're absolutely going to go over 30 seconds. Okay. Nicholas Cage is a lumberjack type man, lives in the woods. He has a wonderful wife named Mandy, who loves many things, mostly wearing Slayer t-shirts. They live in a cabin in the woods, and it's wonderful. Trouble comes into town when a cult spots Mandy and decides to kidnap her. (gasps) Terrible things happen, and Nicolas Cage, absolutely distraught, takes his revenge upon the cult. In just, I mean, a gritty, grainy... Bloodbath. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect rundown of the movie. Thank you. I spent many nights pondering what we watched. Yeah. In preparation. I told Cody, we came back uh, after seeing the film, and um, I said, I need a few days. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need some time. We can't, we can't record right after watching this movie. I remember we left the theater, and it was like raining outside. We were sitting on a bench. Yeah, I told you, I was like, I just, I need to, I need to take a moment. <laughs> yeah. I need to take a moment and collect myself. It yeah. was, it's a lot to process. Uh, and then I, I we bought our tickets and I asked the guy, I was like, is that one good? Because there's another movie we were thinking about seeing. The guy was like, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. So my question to you is, first impressions, did you love it or you hate it? I'm going to say both. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it was two separate and distinct movies. Mm-hmm. 
And I did not like the first one, <laughs> and I really liked the second one. Yeah. I would say that I loved the first one, and I liked and appreciated the second one for what it was. Yeah. Although I, I think you make a good point. The I mean, the first 90 minutes is very much in one vein, and the last 40 minutes is in a whole other vein. Oh, I mean, if I even had to pick a genre for this movie, I'm not even quite sure what I would pick. It's it's the first half is like the artsy indie grindhouse yep. picture, which is sort of a contradiction, and then the last part is just a crazy cocaine fields revenge grindhouse movie with Nicolas Cage. Uh, first off. Yeah, it's not cocaine fueled. It's LSD fueled. Okay, uh, I beg to differ. I feel like there were subs- several substances abused. Yes, but Cook- I will explain when we get to the point because mm-hmm. I don't want to be spoiling it for anything. All right. Why it specifically ha- is LSD fueled? All right. It's lots of substances, as you said. Mm-hmm. There is cocaine and there is LSD, but there's a reason the LSD is the, to blame. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. This movie's crazy. It's insane. The genres. Okay, so I'm on IMDb. Yeah. I tried to corroborate this with other sources, and I gave up after Wikipedia. Okay. It has three genres. Okay. What are the three genres? They're not surprising. Horror is one. Definitely. Drama one? No, it's not drama. Thriller? Thriller. Okay. Cults? No. That's not even a Cults? genre. I don't know. What's, just the, what's the third one? It's just an action, action movie. Okay. Action, horror, thriller. And I feel like half of the movie fits those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before we like, because I got some nitpicks and like details. I think we both do. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the thing that I think got people to like the movie. At least from what I've seen, it's something that a lot of people seem very interested in, and that is the use of color and like the way things were shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that as a, a cinephile? I mean, I knew you were. You even said this in the theater, and of course, I took a note about it. It's so so grainy. Yes. And I know I. It's it's definitely an homage to like that era of filmmaking and those like cheap grindhouse movies, but there's that. It is beautifully shot, though, and you see the woods, and you the way it's lit. There's all these like crimson shots. There's shots with like crimson filters on them, just with really interesting lighting. A lot of it. I don't know. I mean, that part of it was really cool. Yeah, it's mostly what I see with the like every time I see like an article talking about it. They seem to focus on how well the like the cinematography is done and yeah. like how it's like oh the use of color is so cool to like distinguish scenes and like the tone of the scene. Yeah. They all kind of choose to ignore the movie itself. <laughs> um but it's well lit and well shot, so yeah. Yeah. It is that. Uh but yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's well, it's well done. Um, I also wonder if the graininess isn't a way to kind of get away, get around having the cheaper cameras. 
that wouldn't have looked that grainy, obviously, mm-hmm. but also wouldn't have looked as good as you would expect. So they're like, well, let's just go with that grainy look. If we intentionally make it look cheap, it won't look cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, if like if you're just shy of the high-quality line, then it looks worse than if you aim for low Especially quality. in the age of 4K and yeah. all that. It's not the kind of movie I think it would be worth going to see in, like, a Dolby theater. Yeah, or but this thing's going to look insane on VHS. If they don't release this on oh VHS, I'm going to be upset. I will buy a VHS player. Betamax. The... What? They'll release it on on uh, film. Just you can buy film. Oh yeah. This would be an amazing nice. movie to watch at uh, the New Beverly Cinema <gasps> in, in uh, Quentin Tarantino's movie theater in LA. Be oh my amazing. gosh! I forgot that was a thing. Next time I go to California, I'm going and seeing a movie there. Do it. And you're also gonna go to that diner. Yeah, I am. That's in one Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, it is. But. Shall we? Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's hop in the helicopter. Let's get all six guys. <laughs> grab all six of us here. With today. our packs and chainsaws. With all yeah, all the bags, all the chainsaws, <laughs> and let's all cram into a two person helicopter. And fly away. Which by the way, he gets back there by driving at one point during the movie. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like it was that far of a drive. So they obviously can drive to this location, but they choose to helicopter in and out, which I feel is just not economical. Cody, you have your PhD in economics. Yep, that's true. Um, the reason it is economical is because, and this, you know, this is something that's hard to quantify, but it's how much cooler you feel when you arrive in a helicopter. Mm. And that's why they pay for it. I feel like it makes them work harder and faster. Oh, yeah. Also, do you think it was Nick Cage's personal helicopter so they didn't have to get one? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Speaking of which, real quick, just because I don't want to forget, and I think it's funny just to look at this. Now, keep in mind, the movie has not been out for very long, but I want to do the segment. Cody, Mm -hmm. this is an estimated, and I've only found it on IMDb, so no secondary source here. Hardcore journalism here, right? (laughs) Yeah. What do you think the movie cost? I don't know. I'm I'm gonna say twenty five mil. Saying that's high. That's way high. Alright. Now I think Not a bad guess, it's a Nick Cage film. Yeah. But I also think they could do this they because I almost wonder if a lot of these actors did this almost as for fun. Yeah. So the budget estimated is six million dollars. Whoa! That has to be one of the smallest budgets we've ever done a podcast for. Yeah. But you think, how many people were really in it? Not that many. You had the cultist. Yeah. You had all the leather daddies. You had that dude that was making making LSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Cage, his wife. And who were the big actors? aside from Nick the, Cage. Nick Cage. That's it. No one else is really prominent in that movie. Yeah, I recognize the, the LSD guy and the cult leader. They're yeah. the only other people I that's even it. recognized. I wouldn't know their that's name. It. So that's why I wonder if he did it for very, very cheap, like the minimum he's allowed to charge Yeah. per rules and whatnot. And then just because he wanted to make it, he thought it was fun, he thought it was cool. Yeah, well, I saw something on here, on this 
this article talking about how it was like the director it was one of the coping mechanisms he's had for when his parents died he kind of like poured that into the, the making of this movie oh just fascinating it's a lot of anger running but yeah. yeah i mean you said estimated six million that's what you said for the budget yeah it's so low it is low I'm looking at the trivia, Cody. I'm looking at it. Did, it says that he, Nick Cage said he was originally approached to play the cult leader, but he wanted to play Red instead. Did you know that? I think he would have done a much worse job as the cult leader, personally. I think so, too. I think they cast that cult leader really well. Yeah, they did do a good job. I guess he wanted it to be like an old versus young kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it's like several paragraphs, so I'm just going to stop yeah, but at that. If deep, you ask me yeah. to name the age of both Nicolas Cage and the actor who plays the cult leader, I would have no clue. Yeah. Okay, can we talk? Who knows? Can we Can we just dive into the details of this movie? Let's dive into them because, let's, you know, it, it, there's so many details. There's so many right. tiny little details that make huge first, differences to the story. Okay, first off. <laughs> first off. First off coolest bronco i've ever seen he drives a black bronco with mm-hmm. like an orange and like brown zigzag stripe thing on it yep it's so cool it's all souped up love it it's a real cool real cool it's got a lift on it it's got mm-hmm. a real big old engine yep stick shift love it it's a cool bronco so cool second uh how about the worst knock knock joke you've ever heard how'd you feel about that he gets okay. This is our like our introduction to him and his yeah, wife's no. relationship. I'm trying Do to you remember? remember. I remember him saying it. I'm trying to remember. How about this? Was. I will play Red. You can play Mandy. <gasps> I will deliver the knock knock joke. I oh, see. So you've written it down. So I've seen you for the okay. first time, and I don't know how long it takes to cut down trees. Probably eight maybe hours. It's, maybe it's a day. Maybe it's a week. I don't know. You got helicoptered in. I'm assuming he's there for more than a day. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Knock knock. Doesn't she not answer him at first? Knock knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Chips. Oh, yeah. I remember it. <laughs> I don't and then they like, hug lovingly. Despite that terrible... I still appreciated this movie. And that was... Can someone... If you understand the humor of that knock-knock joke, will you please tweet me at Opinion Havers and help me understand? All I can say is shout out to the writer slash director of this film. Yep. For making the probably wise decision to greatly limit his dialogue. I feel like he gives like seven lines the whole movie probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay, I saw so many articles that were praising Nick Cage for his performance in this. And I would say that this m- movie succeeded in spite of nick cage's performance like it worked around nick cage and because everything else about it was so good it didn't matter that he was nick cage i don't and i don't think he's a bad actor but i couldn't wrap my head around his performance yeah well i mean we kind of talked about i think he realized a long time ago that it's easier to do the way over the top performances yeah and realize he can make just as much money doing that. Yeah, but and then he does a $6 million budget movie. So he can't have made more than... Look, he's really rich he at this made. point. Right? He's super rich. 
Let me. I'll tell you exactly how rich he is while you tell me another critique you have of the film. All right. So Nick Cage is talking to his wife, Mandy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's your favorite planet? And then she's like, mm, what does she say? Jupiter? I thought she said uh, Venus. She didn't say Jupiter, I thought. She said something. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, oh, why? Whatever. And then she's like, what's your favorite planet? He's like, mm, Saturn. And then she never asks him why. Didn't he change it to something that's not a planet, though? She didn't ask him, like, why do you like that? She's like, mm, a lot of people like that one. And he's like, all right. But yeah, but then I just thought that was it. so rude. I thought he changed it to something d- weird, too. He picked something that wasn't a planet. Like, he picked Australia. Or he said something no, he stupid. <laughs> he said something really stupid. That's all I remember. Uh, and she's like, that's not a planet. And he's like, ha And that's the scene. And I was like, what? Yeah, I... I don't know. I think I loved Mandy. I thought Mandy was really cool. The character Mandy? I almost wish the movie was about her instead of Red. Well, it's about her. All right. It's na- named after her. That's uh, true. Quick update. Uh, net worth of Nick Cage, $25 million. That's how much she's worth? Yeah. So if I had $25 million, I could buy me a Nick Cage? Yep. That's cool. Something to work so, towards. Not insanely wealthy, but probably richer than I'll be at his age. <laughs> of what I assume is 75. <laughs> I didn't look. He's somewhere between 48 and 82 years old. Andrew, how old is Nick Cage? How old is Nick Cage? I want to say he's mid-50s. All right. Andrew says mid fifties. Uh, Fifty four. What? Woo! What does he win? Tell him what he wins. He wins. Uh, he can be on the podcast this week. Yes! <laughs> I made the cut. Wow. <laughs> Spot he knew. Yeah. To a T. So, anyway, I really appreciated Mandy. I was kind of bummed. Spoiler alert that she. Uh, is it a spoiler? Gets destroyed. Oh, she, she gets alive. torn up. They, oh, they mess her up good. Yeah. But, okay, so I know you didn't like the first part of this movie, but it's so slow. It's so boring. It's well shot. There's the part where she finds, like, a dead deer in the woods. Oh, uh, I think I was out. And, like. I went to the bathroom at that Oh, point. she sees a dead deer in the woods, and it, like, puts the camera right in front of the deer. And I thought for sure, like, a cultist was going to pop out of the deer, or they were going to be in the woods, like, sacrificing the deer. I was like, oh, no. That's what I liked about the first part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Is it was like the thriller part of the movie. We were like, "What's yeah. gonna happen?" You get glimpses of like, "What's this weird cult thing doing? Who are these people in leather? Like, what is this?" So like seeing that deer, I was like, "Oh no, what is?" It was very tense. Even it was so slow, very tense. Nothing even happened. Just like yeah. her staring at death, and he made us stare at death. I thought was really cool. So that's what I liked about the first half of the movie. Is it seemed very intentional. To build suspense, of like to build you know it, because in the marketing, it's very clear what's going to happen that she's going to die. Oh, you see that there's adventure. a you see that there's a chainsaw duel. Yeah, and you're so, like, when are we going to get to the chainsaw duel? Yeah, so I guess that would building make sense. to it, I think, made it. Because any moment where she was alone, you're like, is this when it's going to happen? Because so. if it was, I feel like if it was just the last thirty or forty minutes of the movie, and they just did that for an hour and a half, it would have been a stupid movie. Yeah, but because it had, they were able to show like, here's what we're. Here's what we were able to show for the first hour and a half. Then it made that last like shift more meaningful. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I th- I I agree. I just I found a lot of it very boring and didn't make sense. Like her interaction with the shopkeeper, like or no, she was a shopkeeper and the cultists, the yeah. weird old lady cultists, uh, interaction with her. Uh huh. 
I thought to myself, and I'm pretty sure I leaned over and said this to you, of like, they're trying to make the cultists out to be weird in that situation, but I got some news for you. Mandy's the weird one in that situation. <laughs> the cultist is trying to make small talk. She's a normal person. They're stopping at a store in the middle of nowhere. She's okay. like, oh, hey, she says something about... I think you're giving way too much credit to the cultist. That lady was weird. Look, she's like, oh, this has that book. And she's a weird person, but she's just trying to be like make awkward small talk. And then... She, like, doesn't even want to take her money or give her change. And I'm like, look, you're a shopkeeper. People gave small talk. Like, this is a normal thing. This is wouldn't be like, this person's a psychopath for asking me about the book I'm reading. Mm. It's like, no, that's, See, that's I, kind of on you. I was, looking, I was looking at that from, like, our perspective where we know they're that weird. they're going, they're planning on doing something bad to Mandy. Yeah. And so I was like, eee, from that perspective, mm-hmm. I went, the whole thing was so uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Yeah, but just the, it was far more normal of an interaction than the Mandy made it seem. Like, she made yeah. it weird. And she made it look, seem like she was inconvenienced by someone buying stuff from her store that I doubt she gets very many customers. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Andrew agrees. Andrew agrees. He's nodding. Oh, oh I didn't, uh, so I told you the budget, $6 million. So as of now, or as of October 7th is when this is dated at. What do you think the gross USA is at? I wouldn't even know. It can't be more than four mil. It's at one million. I don't think they're going to make their money back on this well, movie. Well, here's what's strange about this. Because, okay, they did a release, I think at Sundance, at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. They did a limited theatrical release in mid-September. Right. And they put it on iTunes. What? That's it. it. It hasn't even had a wide release. Oh. So most people that have seen it, I think, have bought it on video on demand. Mm. Still. I don't know what their plan was. <laughs> because you can't do a limited release of a niche film. Nick, niche, Nick niche Cage film, film like this. And yeah. expect to make money. It's not even a wide release. It's very strange. It's strange all around. It's even strange. One of the producers, one of the people who helped fund it, one of the people who gave a chunk of that six million, mm-hmm. Elijah Wood. Oh my goodness! I was gonna ask you about that. I wrote it down. I saw that he produced it. Yeah, Elijah Wood film. Elijah Wood produced the Nick Cage movie. Yep. Fun fact for everyone. It was fun. Oh, by the way, uh, Children of the New Dawn. That's the name of the cult. I just popped up there. It's oh. a, hi- a deviant hippie cult. Deviant hippie cult. Led by Jeremiah Sand. Let me, let me just read you the sentence here. Yeah. Sand is struck by Mandy's charm and orders one of his disciples, Man. Brother Sean, or Swan, Swan, sorry, not Sean, Brother Swan, to kidnap Mandy with the help of the Black Skulls, a demonic biker gang with a taste for human flesh. <laughs> That's what they are. And a liquid, highly potent form of LSD. That's so, what that was. Okay, got yeah, it. That's why it's fueled by LSD, because he took the LSD oh, and then went crazy. Yeah. Because that's what made them crazy. Man, that okay. Can we talk about when that when you first meet like the biker cults, the bike where the demonic biker gang? Is that what you call yeah, them? Yeah, demonic biker gang with a taste for human flesh. They were so great. Oh, because they like they have like an ocarina or something. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> and they like sit in the van, mm-hmm. and then they roll up, and it's that crimson filter, and it's just these dudes in like spiky leather riding up. It's yeah. so creepy. It's real creepy. 
here's my thought of like you think like oh man there's some real like demon stuff going on like there are actually so many yeah. demons and then you find nope they're just dudes that live in the woods it's like why Crazy. do you need the ocarina <laughs> like you can just hold it okay yeah. like what they have a house this is obviously a, a pre-arranged thing <laughs> this isn't the first time you've met you probably sort of have agreement. their phone number but uh yeah so it's uh but it, uh, it was so i couldn't believe how creepy it was it was very creepy they did a good job when they give him the thing of blood and he drinks it that was real creepy oh and then he like pulls it away and there's like a big string of it yeah oh, it's goopy the... so the story behind them you later find is that the chemist cooks them up some special lsd yeah. and i could i didn't quite catch what he was saying did he say it, he did it because they asked him to, or he did it because he hated them and he wanted to mess with them, and they loved it? I can't remember. So he either they asked him, or he hated them and was trying to kill them, but it didn't work. And so, it they just have this like mason jar filled with LSD, which mm-hmm. is a ridiculous statement. Yes. When you hear it out loud, <laughs> but they have one. Yeah. And it turns them into animals. Ugh. It's crazy. So much so, animals, that Nick Cage stabs one of them through the back of the head and he just pulls the... Or he shoots a bolt through the back of his head. Right. And he just pulls it out and just keeps staring at the fire. He doesn't even turn it and look at him. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, all right. Well, I mean, there's some... He's not a zombie. He's just a dude that's high on drugs. There's some... Like, if you sever a spinal cord, it doesn't matter how much drugs you're on, you're kind of not going to be able to move anymore. But... Okay, so before before we talk more about those guys, so the cult makes an arrangement with them, right? They're like, hey, mm-hmm. go kidnap Mandy for us, por yep. favor, and they say yes. <laughs> yep. They say yes, and that scene where they kidnap Mandy is really creepy as well. It's like, so Red and Mandy have this really cool bedroom with like glass walls, so it's like they're in the forest, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like this dark blue lighting, and it's just like a strobe where you see the biker gang guys coming up one frame at a time. And I thought that was another great use of like, it was just so eerie. Yeah, the biker gang guys were cool, like from beginning to end. Oh, they were amazing. Okay, hold on. I just thought of something. You thought of it? And this happens before they kidnap Mandy. So, <gasps> All right. Okay, when they're sitting, when Red and Mandy are sitting there eating dinner, I could watch Nicolas Cage eat mashed potatoes it could have been the whole movie. It could have just been him eating those mashed potatoes. I don't know. It takes a little bit. Just And he's like zoned out looking at the... It made me so happy. Well, he was focused on the the commercial. I could have just... I could have watched that all day. Cody, tell me about the commercial. No. Okay. that's You're jumping ahead. Isn't that... That's in like... T- okay. So, they're watching TV. Uh-huh. They go to bed. Right. Bikers kick, kidnap him. Uh-huh. Then Mandy goes, Mandy's there with the cultists, right. and Jeremiah is trying to like bring Seducer. her to be part of the cult. Yeah. And then it's after everything goes down with Mandy that he, Red, wakes up and he sees the commercial. Oh, okay. I thought it was while they were sitting there watching it. Okay. But they were watching it. I saw it. It's like one of the, it, you would recognize the name of the movie, but it's one of those really famous, like old, the monster is just a dude in a foam suit yeah. movies. Um, but I was thinking, I was like, this is in the 80s. Like, they had, like, this was an old movie when this was set. Yeah. yeah. 
which oh. I thought was weird. But you know, they do live in the boonies. Yeah, they're out in the middle of nowhere. You know, whatever you the can only rabbit ears can pick up. You know, I've I've lived in the middle of nowhere, and I can attest that your all your programming is at least fifty years. Old. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's okay, and and the reason for that though mm-hmm. is because the way that the wavelengths go from outside of your TV station, because they take so long to travel out to the country, it's still the wavelengths from 50 years ago catching up to your country. Mm. It's out your house is out in the country, which is why you have the older programs. Yeah, that makes sense. A little science fact for you. Yeah. Okay. Checks out. Checks out. Okay, so this whole next part is like another example of being really great because they kidnap Mandy. Mm-hmm. They drop something in her eye. They have. They pull out like. What do they pull out? It's a, a giant wasp. It's a wasp that they make stinger. Yeah. They drop. One good thing this movie did is there were two or three times where I'm like, why did they do that? And then later in the movie they explained it. And I was like, oh. So I was like, what are they putting in her eye? And then later you're like, oh, it's the LSD stuff. Yeah. And then all the cultists have the big dilated eyes, mm-hmm. which was such a creepy, cool look for the cult to have. That they yeah. all had that. Like, yeah. It's so eerie. Jeremiah's like, oh, I'm going to seduce you. You're going to be all up on in our cult. We're going to love on each other. I'm assuming it was like a sex thing. Yeah. Because uh, he gets naked. He does get but naked. But also, can we talk about the most baller move he did? If you're trying to seduce someone, what's the number one thing you can do to you bust get them out, to woo them? You bust out your own vinyl. You bust out your own record. Yeah. And you put it on. You're like, what do you think of this? I made it. Mm-hmm. Ladies, ladies love that. I know that for a fact. They do. They do love it. Playing his own... It's like a... What is that? A flute or a lute or something really dumb? It... Look, you, when you say it's something dumb, you got to be more specific in this film. Because <laughs> this is like the the worst, best movie. Uh, I, It was something. I want to say it was a flute. Is it a flute? Maybe. So oh, man. Something. I just remember you left right about the scene because you could tell it was going to be a long one. Yeah. And when you came back, it was right when the when the cult scouts opened in his robe, and I just remember your eyes were right at the level of his yeah. genitals, and I was like, "Oh, you're you're just right there." Yeah, his uh, he opened his robe the second he came into view for me, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Well, this is an awkward time to <laughs> re-enter the arena." But I I accepted my fate and I sat okay. back down next to Cody. <laughs> okay, last thing about that scene. Which is great. Lasts forever. He's given his speeches. I thought he did a great job with that. But they overlay a close-up of his face against her face. Mm-hmm. So it becomes one face. One face. And it was so cool. Because at first I was like, that's a weird close-up of him. But then I noticed like, something's off about that. And then I think they even like, they would phase it a little more his way and a little more her way. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Did you notice all the swaying he was doing? He was doing a lot of swaying. Yeah. Very sensual. He swayed. And he, tried, he was all sensual. And then what happened, Cody? What happened? What happened oh, when he was being all she, sensual? Uh, she gives him a good little giggle. Yeah. She laughs at his member. Mm-hmm. And the whole situation... I mean, granted, she's on... She got stung by a wasp and is on acid. So she's not yeah. really lucid, but... Yeah, she's on a And lot they of do not stuff. like that? No. Well, everybody else seems too out of it to care, but he mm-hmm. did not like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, cut to Nick Cage tied up with barbed wire. Tied up with barbed wire. Okay, his wrist and his mouth. 
Yeah, they gagged him with barbed wire. I, yeah, it was. Uh, it looked. It made me cringe. I was like, it was, oh. yeah. Surprisingly, though, later on, uh, he didn't really have that much damage. I was going to bring that up. Because his face is all bloody, and all the pointy parts are right around his cheeks. Mm-hmm. And then he gets, later on, he's just like, normal face. Yep. No problem. Just wash it off. Wash it off with vodka? Is that what he was washing it off with? Yeah. Okay. It's like a baller thing to do in a movie. It's like, because oh, it yeah. hurts really bad. Um, but you got nothing else, you know. It's not sure. like you're in a house that probably has, like, antiseptic yeah. stuff, you know. That's true. So, yeah, no, they burn Mandy alive right in front of Nick Cage. In a sleeping bag. In a sleeping bag. Okay, so when that... Mm, I said my phone. Mm. When that scene first... <laughs> why did I make... <sighs> Let's I'm take okay. a moment to appreciate that Cody just <laughs> punched his phone and then went, oh. <laughs> I need... I'll make that my new text alert. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. I didn't... I wasn't convinced it was Mandy. Because you couldn't actually see it was her. I was mm-hmm. like, did they put a deer or something? It didn't seem like it was big enough for her body. I wasn't sure what they had done. And so I thought for a little bit, I was like, oh, she's going to be like tied up at their church and he's going to have to go rescue her. But no. It was her. She was dead. And I was bummed because Mandy was one of my favorite parts about the movie. And she's just gone. 90 minutes, she's gone. Yeah. I just wanted to take a minute to, to quote once again, Sand is struck by Mandy's charm. Cody, because I, I we we glossed over it, and you talking about you liked her so much. Yeah, I just want to go back to it for a second. What did Mandy do to strike him All so right. much? What charm? Well, did she let me lay tell you. On him? I will. I will give you a detailed description. Okay. She's walking alongside a road, right? Right. And then they drive up alongside her, go in the opposite direction, and, and they see her. Yeah. It was a very charming scene, because they see her. And they're charmed. How how would you describe her expression when she looked at him? I can't even recall. Very, so, it was pretty I, blank. It was just kind of like, oh, someone's passed me on the road, right? I would describe it as uh, like the kind of look you would give someone when you're like, the heck are you doing, man? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you looking at me? Kind of thing. Because yeah. he like sits up and he's all like, <gasps> and just stares at her. And yeah. she's like, kind of sh- like looking at her like, what? what you know there was no charm yeah that's true there was no striking i think it was the goth thing she had like long dark hair and she was wearing like a metal band shirt with like the sleeves cut off and the really pale face i don't think she had like any yeah any makeup she had was to make her look more pale something in the mountains she's pretty pale yeah for someone whose bedroom is a giant window she was a hardcore rock girl you know yeah. And they were these disco hippies, or not disco, what? What? Okay, Cody, this has been plaguing me I know. for days. Oh, you're going to ask me what band they listen to? No. Darn. I'm asking you. I have you, an answer for that. What is the genre of music that hippies listen to? Oh, um, it's definitely psychedelic, psychedelic rock. So we're talking, or is it going to be stuff like um, the Grateful Dead mm-hmm. and Pink Floyd? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Early Pink Floyd. Yeah, well known for writing songs on acid. Mm-hmm. All like the early Sid Barnett stuff. Yeah, or anything really trippy stuff that played at Woodstock. Yeah, that's fair. Fair assessment. Which I think I, it's got to be Grateful Dead. It's the, gotta. That's all I know. They're huge. I know the Who heads. played at, at Woodstock. The who? They, I think they played the longest set. They're the only ones Jimmy I know. Jimi Hendrix. 
Janice Joplin, Santana, <gasps> several cool. others. Yeah, I don't know. I just know the Who because I'm pretty sure it was like an episode of Pawn Stars or something like that. They had a oh my gosh. A vinyl okay, can I just break down Pawn Stars con- for you? Uh, the fact that it's super fake. Okay, they roll up and they're like, "This thing was signed by that guy," and then the guy at the Pawn Store is like, "Yeah, that doesn't matter." End of episode. It's just that every time. Yeah. Every episode, there's at least one or two people like, "This guitar was played by Robert De Niro," and he's like, "We can't prove that. We're not gonna buy it." Yep. It's dumb. It is a dumb show. But they had one that was actually like a cool thing, which was the, I guess the Who put out their album. I don't know if it was those Pawn Stars. It might have been Pickers. It might have been one of the other shows oh, there's where another they one? find American Pickers. Pickers? Where they find old stuff. Anyway, any of those shows where they find old valuable things where it's a Who vinyl, mm-hmm. right, that they put out when back in the days before CDs, Cody. If you can think back that what year? What year did? What year was that? I have no idea. But they put in there, they had the, like a copy of their like playbill or something yeah. from Woodstock. And oh. it was like a collector's thing. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Very valuable, very valuable record. And they, they got it on one of those shows. But anyway, that's it? how I know. But so the, so the psychedelic, she's, you know, she's over there. She's listening to, you know, metal, you know, she's got yeah, the Slayer t-shirt, you know. Oh, yeah. She's feeling it, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's got to be pale. And gothy, and reading early black space erotic fiction. Mm -hmm. I assume it was erotic because there's a lot of nudity in the uh, animated portions of the film. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, you did. There's animated portions of this movie. There was animated portions where she's naked and she strokes in a non-sexual way a dying alien, I believe. And you can definitely tell they like hired a student to do it as a project. It wasn't like super high frame rate and like whatever. I totally forgot about that. I didn't even write anything about that part. Did I? No. I think I did. Amazing. Because it happens like three times, but the first two times are really close together, so you think it's going to be a regular thing, and then it doesn't happen until the very end. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know why. It's almost like they put it in there just to push it over the two-hour mark. Yeah. Because it's two hours and one minute. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, But yeah, so I don't remember where we were. She's dead. Okay. She just died. Okay, now... Okay, this is the part. Nick Cage... Escapes. out, wakes up. Oh. Yeah. Barbed wire, he escapes. Which was... Ooh, he has to... How did he escape? Wriggle his hands out of there, out of what the barbed does he, wire. What does he have as lubricant, though? Like, you gotta lube it up somehow. To get his arms out. And the blood? Yeah, the blood. Uh. He uses his own blood. Get out of there. Okay, Goes in he, there. he gets out. Stumbles on it. On into the water closet, mm-hmm. also known as the powder room. Exactly. And he just whips out the vodka, mm-hmm. drinks some, pours some on himself, and screams a lot, like a minute, two minutes. You were timing that, weren't you? It was like a minute and a half, two minute scene. Yeah. You just screaming, crying, mm-hmm. drinking, screaming, trying, screaming, crying, drinking, thinking. Yeah. I like how in some of the uh, the synopses of the movie they're like oh he drinks a whole bottle of vodka and i'm like well let's be he poured at least half of it onto his wrist he didn't i don't remember emptying it he maybe drank a quarter of it he drank like two swigs some must have gotten his mouth and just pouring all over himself all right i have a question okay if you've Mm -hmm. got an open wound Mm -hmm. and you're pouring alcohol on it how much of that gets absorbed into your bloodstream i'm sure a lot amazing that's gonna be the new fad for drinking a new fad Hold, please. I'm ready. All right, we're back, Cody. 
All right, and then what proceeds is maybe my favorite thing. Of, I mean, it, it was amazing. Stumbles out into the living room, mm-hmm. TV. What's on the TV? The, uh, I don't know. I have the name of it right here. Hold. It's hold. Oh. Don't you breathe. Oh, I accidentally zoomed in. Oh, it's just so much. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, it's here somewhere. I don't know. It's it's some. Uh, it's the sure smacks frog or something. No, it's a cheddar goblin. The cheddar goblin. Okay, it's a commercial for macaroni and cheese, and it's kids and they want mac and cheese, and a little claymation goblin pops up and starts vomiting mac and cheese onto their bowls, and they're like, cheddar goblin, and it. He vomited so on everything. Directed by Chris Casper Kelly, who directed the Adult Swim short Too Many Cooks. Oh, that makes so much sense. Now you know. I have a question. How much of Too Many Cooks did you watch? How far did you get in the video? I think it's about 12 to 15 minutes. I got to the point where I was like, this is Too Many Cooks. Oh, two minutes? I, I have no idea. I've never seen it, I don't think. Wow. That Cheddar Look, Goblin. It happened in 2014. That's He's... That's 15 years ago. He's vomiting mac and cheese into their bowl and on their heads, and they're just so thrilled. They love it. They love the Cheddar Goblin. The funniest part about it for me, now knowing that it was a commercial made for it, obviously as a spoof, Yeah. is that in the moment I thought to myself, is this a legitimate <laughs> 80s commercial? Yeah. Because it's believable as I a legitimate. I didn't grow up in the 80s. I don't know. You know, it's like, that could have happened. But have you ever watched like those old commercials and you're watching them and you're like, like you can find them on YouTube and stuff and you're watching them and you're like, what the nuts, It makes me think man. of how like there's two or three 80, 80s movies I've seen with like just random claymation music videos. Yeah. You know, it's like that where it's like in that style. And I was like, all right, I mean, this is set in the 80s. I don't know. Did they just pull that from somewhere? I think they were all recovering from all the drugs they did in the 70s. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a standout point of the movie it is literally like even if you don't go and watch the movie or something like you got they put the effort in you i think it's worth google it well throw them the dollar to rent the movie and just fast forward to it just watch it i you know? i love it it's i'm gonna read you exactly what i put in my notes are you right. ready i'm ready i love cheddar goblin that's what i put nice i love him I mean, that's really all, that's what it is. All right. So then, so after he watches a show, after pouring most of a bottle of vodka onto his <laughs> face and arms and then taking a couple swigs and then falling asleep, um, what does he do, Cody? Where he goes? He's ready. He's ready to get his revenge. And in order to get revenge, you know what you need? Weapons mm-hmm. and stuff. Goes out to a trailer in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. And it's like, no trespassers, don't knock, don't bug me. He knocks, and the guy's like, bleh. Anyway, guy opens the door, and it is none other than that dude from the original Predator movie. Mm-hmm. The black guy from the original Predator Squad. His name squad. is Bill Duke, or William Henry Duke Jr., but mm-hmm. he goes by Bill Duke. And this man, I have to, I cannot comprehend his skin tone against his, like, lip and mouth color. And also how white his iris is. What? Or his, uh, what do you call that? Eyeball. The white Just part the of white eye. of your eye? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. That one. 
I don't know what it is about his coloration, but it fascinates me. I feel like his mouth is just too pink, or his eyes are just too white. I feel like we're straying close into Cody Gets Racist segment of the podcast. I'm just saying whenever he's on film, I'm always like, just perplexed. Transfixed. I mean, what? he looks like an old black guy. Exactly. What I'm freaking out about is in the picture I'm looking, it looks like he doesn't have pupils. <laughs> so I think that might just be a bad picture. He's got a but distinct look. He does have a very distinct look. I'm pulling up pictures of him. He He's very recognizable. You you know immediately who he is. Like, I don't think there's any other actor that looks like him. He looks like an old lawyer, I think. Because a lot of his pictures are him with uh, suits on. And he yeah. literally looks like, you know, you see those like commercials, like late night commercials for like DUI attorneys or something. <laughs> and then there's the young yeah. guy that's like doing all the talking. And then there's the old guy that's like taking him under his wing. And he's standing in the background. And he doesn't say anything. And he just looks mean. And like he means business. Bill Duke is that guy. Yeah. You know, he's there to get you out of that marriage, out of that DUI. Out of that prison cell. I know I'm looking at pictures. Oh, don't you worry. I'm looking at pictures of him. You know, he's there to help you. And that's exactly what he was there for Nick Cage. And this one, he's wearing a hat the same color as his skin. He, he, he definitely... It's funny. The pictures I'm looking... Back to him. I tried to transition, but we're just... I'm stuck on him. Okay, so he's either wearing a suit... Or he's wearing... Yeah, his lips are. I mean, that's like... Because his lip kind of drops. I think you're looking at the inside of his lip. Like, That's it. I think he's got the saggy lips, you know. It's like a basset hound man. That's what he looks like. A basset Like in this picture. Yeah, okay. I can see it in that picture. That's Maybe not, that's what's perplexing That is not a flattering him. picture of him. What blows my mind is in 1987, he looked just as old. <laughs> I know. He it is... was like he just like, they put him in a time capsule with some dry ice. And then they just like popped him out of there for this role. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, I think he's always been old, but he rocks. Just it. always been a fifty-five-year-old man. He strikes me as like, hey, we really want to get Danny Glover, mm-hmm. but we can't afford him. So yeah. let's get Bill Duke. Yeah, you know, they, like that's his role that he's settled into. You know what? Ironically. I'm flicking through pictures. Guess what just popped up? The headshot of an old African-American attorney. Look at that. Just in the middle of his pictures. So Amazing. I've been backed up by Google I, image search. This scene is so fascinating because Nick Cage is like, I'm going hunting. And then I think Bill Duke's character kind of gives him the lowdown of these dudes. He's like, these biker gangs, you don't want to mess with them. You know. Yeah, he explains, he, he explains the LSD thing and all that. But... My favorite part of all of this, basically he goes there, he gets this giant crossbow deal. The Reaper? Which they call the Reaper. And he's about to leave. And Bill Duke's like, hold on. You're going to, what did he say? I got something else for you to look at? (laughs) And then it's it's bolts for the crossbow. And you're like, he was just going to leave without any ammunition for his crossbow. It's also like two bolts. (laughs) Okay? Which he's going after. something else for you to look at ammunition <laughs> to he hunt knows, at least six to eight people he only has two and he only shoots two <laughs> so he really only had two and i was what 
the heck? Like, it's such a big deal about how it has a name. Yeah, it's the Reaper. It's also, the why Reaper. does he have it? <laughs> it's he has this trailer, and like in the cabinets where you would keep like breakfast cereal. Yeah, he's got the Reaper. Yeah, and then in the other cabinet where he has more breakfast cereal, is the bolts. The, bolts. the two bolts that he specially made. Which, <laughs> Cody, I don't know if you know this, but I bow hunt. I didn't know Those this. were completely normal, like the cheapest arrows they could find at Bass Pro Shop. Uh, okay, those are totally normal. They're not made out of anything special. Uh, but it was really funny. Maybe Nick Cage's character is really dumb, and Bill Duke's character is a really good salesman. Maybe he just like has like the cheapest bolts, and he's like, "These got cut some through, for you." Cut through anything. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> made out of pure aluminum." Oh yeah, that's good. That sounds real good. Doesn't sound like that'll go bad at all. But yeah, uh, it's just it was it was a cool scene because I will say Bill Duke he nailed it. Yeah. You know, he nailed the setup and making the biker gang even more terrifying by yeah. explaining them and why they were Which normally the exposition can be like the laziest part. Yeah, but but it, it pulled off well that it like upped the ante a little bit. Yeah, because you go from these are demons, these are just regular guys to Oh no, these are guys that like the drugs that they love taking have stripped away like every piece of humanity uh, they have and like all their like they love feeling pain. So it's like it does that hard like flick from oh it's terrifying because they might actually be demons to oh it's terrifying because they're doing the exact same stuff but they're just people. Yeah. And there's like a reason that they're actually doing it aside from they're just weird dudes. Like they're physically different than normal people. Uh, like yeah so the biker guys and bill duke are my favorite parts i think okay well one of my other favorite parts comes in the very next scene yeah like there's no transition there's no explanation he's in the trailer he gets the reaper he leaves the trailer next thing we know he's in some sort of a blacksmithery yeah he's in a forge he's in a forge like okay making his own giant infinity war style hammer axe Yes. As so, soon as he started making that, I was like, that's just the thing they made in Infinity War. So this is when I got the the thought that I think this is... They chose the conflict hmm. between metal music and the psychedelic rock music, right? As like... You know, the, even the music choices in certain scenes and stuff as like to show him versus the hippies right and the axe apparently is the is a homage to legendary metal band celtic frosts yeah so that's what it is so i think it's something that the righteous justice of the hammer of heavy metal yeah so i think it's something that like a metal head which i think this kind of thing I, i don't know I think they would get a lot more. There's probably a lot of references like that in this that they would enjoy that we just mm-hmm. don't know because I don't. I didn't know that that was Celtic Frost's logo, but that's apparently what it is. And it looks amazing. It it's looks incredible. so cool. It's very obviously made out of aluminum. It could have been so cheesy and dumb, but it was somehow cool. It was really cool. I think it's because they leaned into it. Yeah, they really they showed the scene of him like forging it and like grinding and sharpening it <laughs> and like that whole thing. Yeah, it goes from. So I like. We were talking about, you know, you really liked the first half of the movie, didn't like the second half. I didn't really like the first half, really liked the second half. And I think 
as for as ridiculous and kind of dumb as this movie is, that's the genius of the film. Is it switches from an almost shining style thriller. Yeah. And then it just leans real hard into just the over the top gory gritty revenge. Yeah, revenge house movie. And so it gives everybody something some everybody something to like. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's a good one. But yeah, the the axe part look, even if you don't go even if you have no interest in seeing this film. Watch the trailer. Also, I just saw something Night Beast, the old uh, crummy movie they were watching. Yeah, that I thought was very old. Uh, the movie uh, is set in 1984, I believe, or 87. What the this movie? Maybe. Yeah. 84. 84. I think 83, uh, 84. Night Beast came out in 1982. Oh, okay. So, so it, it, it like was that. it was a current movie at the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this, I mean, it takes a hard turn. Where hard it's from turn. Like, oh, it's talking about Mandy and Nick Cage, and now it's just like, okay, Nick Cage is ready to. He lost everything, and he's ready for revenge. And the next thing, he's like him driving at night, hunting down these biker dudes. You know Shoot what? Him. Other movie famously did that. What? Wolverine. X Men Origins. Wolverine. The hit film. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm trying to think so hard about cuz I've seen that movie. I think I've seen so it twice. So he's up in the he's up in the mountains. He's in Canada. He's cutting down trees. Mhm. Wife gets killed. And then he goes and he hunts down the guys who killed her. That's why he says all oh, give me the claws. Oh my goodness. You're right. So, I forgot about everything I remember that movie. I I forgot that whole plot line. So can we take a moment and appreciate that if they remade that movie with the budget that that movie could demand with the same over-the-top goriness as this one, how amazing that would be? Mm, Yeah. Like, that would be good enough, I think, that people would forget that they don't want a new Wolverine. Yeah. So there you go. Whoever owns Wolverine at this point, who knows? Is it Disney? Is it Warner Brothers? Is it the Space Monkeys? Who knows? Because it was Fox. I think it's Mike Pence. Didn't Mike they sell Pence? it to Pence? Mike Pence? Pretty sure. Vice President Mike Pence. <laughs> no, he's not Vice. The manager of the Glendale Supermart. That Mike Pence. <laughs> not the Vice President. Yeah. He owns it. Uh, so there's an idea. You can have it for free. You're welcome, Mike. I think it would be awesome. But it is, it's just crazy. It just kicks off. It goes from zero to a hundred, and then slams on its brakes, and then starts going again immediately. Okay, so okay, he gets one guy in the head. He takes one out, gets another one. He gets caught, mm-hmm. and then he wakes up chained to like a pipe, right? Like handcuffed to a pipe or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like this dude who's got like a plastic. Yeah, I plastic. think he's the guy that drank the blood, right? I uh yeah yeah I think yeah. so. Um, he's got like a plastic like face guard sort it's of. Calling Greg, Greg, and so Greg's being all creepy. Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage, I think he gets just a little too close to Nick Cage. First of all, he rips his shirt, and Nick Cage is like, "That's my favorite shirt," which is a dumb line. But this is another thing that happened, and then later in the movie, I was like, "Oh, that's why it happened. It wasn't dumb after all." Oh, anyway, it was. It Nick was Cage dumb. like kicks him, whatever. They wrestle. He like kicks him into a pit, right? Mm-hmm pipe like breaks or whatever he gets out and this next scene this like next part is just baffles me okay 
Are, are we talking about the knife guy? The guy that was watching TV? Oh, the TV guy. Okay, he's sitting on the couch. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Or are you talking about? Okay. He's sitting on the couch watching a pornographic film. <laughs> Cody just threw up in his mouth. <laughs> and, okay, right before that, he just, like, inhales a bunch of... Co- like, he doesn't snort cocaine. He just, like, breathes in a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> it's all over. It's his all face his is face. covered in... And I was like, that's inefficient, If you man. walk into a room, someone's completely leather clad, has breathed in cocaine, and is watching pornography i think they're the coolest mess, guy in the world don't mess with that guy cool just guy. walk away okay their house i mean it's like the dirty the dirtiest hoarder meth house you've ever seen and What's, nick cage is like it's All a right, drug house i'm ready and he just goes out with this dude Terrible. he does can we talk uh, cody what was the body modification that that very large man had i i can't recall you can recall you don't want to say it? No, I really don't remember. That guy was so Nick Cage, on his way to there, sees some people that were uh, dead Yep. after being violated in very inappropriate ways. Yep. And then it reveals this guy. And as he comes back from inhaling the cocaine, which again, inefficient way. Yep. But, you know, meant to make a point. Um, he has... In his crotch level, where there would normally be the male reproductive organs, there's a large knife instead. What? You how did I that? miss that? Yeah. That's how he killed the people. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. You know. You just didn't want to say it, Cody. No, I didn't. Don't lie to me. So that was a part of the whole thing, because I'm pretty sure he ends up killing him with his, what it would be a, a, what, a penis dagger? A dagger penis? Um... A pagger. <laughs> pagger. Anyway, so that fight happens. It's intense. You think he's got the drop on him. Psych, he's a drug addict. He can that sense dude you coming. just like, ready for him. They fight. Then he kills that guy. He thinks he's fine. Then another guy shows up. The pit up. guy. I think it was the guy who kicked down the pit. Was this I remember when he kicked him down the pit, I was like, that guy's coming back. And then he did. Because I think it was the plastic face guy, I'm pretty <gasps> sure. It was very distinct. I don't so remember the. I don't remember the pagger as you called it mm-hmm. but i do remember distinctly the plastic visor yeah. guy they all had a very distinct thing okay okay here's the thing nick cage beats this is you know he, so i think he's killed what three of the biker yeah guys he, killed, so he ran over the one he shot the one he stabbed the one i forgot about the one where he hits him with the car and the car like flips over yeah he hits a guy you know normally when he hits him with the car they go flying and his car his bronco i think yeah tumbles anyway that was early in the movie okay so he he's like what three or four down Mm-hmm. He's in the drug house, and there's the pile of cocaine. He like takes a piece of broken glass. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. How did he kill the guy that comes back? Because it was like, so he fights him, right? Yeah. And then he's got him in the headlock, and then he breaks his neck and just stares insanely at the camera, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awesome was this scene that I threw my hands up, and several people sitting behind us laughed <laughs> at it and i heard them muttering about it for the next 30 minutes oh my of the gosh. film but <laughs> like whenever he killed somebody and i didn't throw my hands up i heard some people whispering about it like oh that must gosh. not have been a good one but <laughs> it was really funny oh uh, yeah okay so then he takes a piece of broken glass takes just like a a little mini mountain of cocaine sitting on his piece of glass and just huffs it mm-hmm 
And then, okay, this is what blew my mind, is he did that, and then he finds the crazy liquid mason jar of LSD and just mm-hmm. slurps it. Well, he puts his finger in it first and then goes, a little, uh, uh, little, uh, little, uh, uh. Okay, so, okay, first off, he's pissed. Second off, he's had some, some to drink. Yeah. Through his mouth and his wounds. wounds. Yeah. On cocaine. Now he's taking the LSD that makes you crazy. Oh, and it makes him go crazy. Also, do you remember where he found the crossbow? Because <laughs> I just noticed this what? as we're remembering. Where? In the cupboard with the cereal. <laughs> what? What is that? Okay, if you have a crossbow, also, I need you to tweet me and tell me where you keep it, please. I have a crossbow. Not in the cupboard. <laughs> also, he finds a shotgun in the fridge. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. He <laughs> finds a lot of weapons, and then he stacks them, not in a bag, on top of a bag. <laughs> which drove me insane. Because I'm like, just, you had I'll the bag open... Bag. Then you close the bag and put the stuff on yeah. top of the bag. I'm like, you got the bag out to put the stuff in. Anyway, so okay, he gets the keep stuff. Keep in mind, he's drunk on cocaine and LSD. He's on a lot of substances. Yeah. Also, he's hot Also, he's rage. Nicolas Cage, which already puts you at a seven. Yeah. So then, next stop, Cody. Because it just cuts immediately to... Uh, is it the dude chilling by his car? Chilling out by like a car? That guy? No, he goes. Oh no, he does go to that guy. The one that is this one? He goes outside the house. Is yeah, the guy outside the house. Yeah, yeah. I was getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah. So that's the guy. The guy staring at the car on fire. He's the one who drank the blood, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then he pulls his comically lightweight crossbow because when he cocks the crossbow, he just grabs it and pulls the the uh, the bow back. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. Have you ever cocked a crossbow in your life? I have not had the pleasure. It is, for that style, probably not physically impossible, but pretty darn close to physically impossible. You'd have to be like a lumberjack on cocaine to pull it back. But he does it before he's on the truck. Just effortlessly. <laughs> he does it. It's so light that I feel like it, when they're in the trailer and he goes to cock it the first time, like as a test... It almost looks like he didn't expect it to be as light as it is, and he pulls it back too far and has to push it forward again. Yeah. But, so that thing, the force of that crossbow wouldn't be enough to move the bolt out of the crossbow. Yeah. But, so he shoots it, goes through the back of the guy's head. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, what's the guy do? He's dead now, right? No. Just what? brushes it out. Does he, pull, does, he think of the pull, does he pull it out? Yeah, he pulls it out through his mouth. Just yanks it out. No big deal. Just keeps staring at the fire. But then, then what, Cody? I don't know. Then Nick Cage, he comes up with the axe. The axe gets used for the first time. Maybe it was the axe that was in the fridge. There was something in the fridge. There was yep. a weapon in the fridge. Yep. Um, but he finds the axe, and then he hits him with the axe. Mm-hmm. And the dude just... They're fighting. Yeah. Well, they fight, and then he gets him with the axe. He, was he, he lights his head. He lights him on fire and then cuts his head off, or does he just light him on fire? I can't <sighs> You're... Really testing my memory here. This is the part of the movie he gets you lit on fire. Yeah, he does. And then he lights a cigarette with the on fire uh, enemy. He, it's like his head. I think his head did get removed yeah. at some point because he lights a cigarette with like the burning dude's head. Yeah. It feels so weird to describe this with words. It's just it was... such an amazing movie. Okay, a masterpiece of awful. Okay, so right after, I mean, this whole last like thirty minutes or so. I was just picturing Nick Cage like walking into a Denny's at 2 a.m. 
that was like the look he had about him. You know, the people like yeah. stumble into Denny's where it's like the only place you could be at 2 a.m. to get anything. That's that's sort of the look he has going on about him. That's how I felt anyway. Yeah, he was insane. Well, they, yeah, they just they made him go even more over the top than he already was when he uh, took the mason jar full of LSD. Gosh. Again, um, I just want to stress and I... <laughs> how insane that sounds. Okay, we're not talking... I'm, I'm actually got a mason jar right here. It's a 12-ouncer. Uh-huh. It's bigger than that. We're talking like a... A quart. A quart, yeah. I think it was like a full quart mason jar. Full. <sighs> All right. And they had had this guy you... make more after he'd already made them one or two of these. So do you recall... At what point he passes out? Because at one point he passes out. Is it before or after the chainsaw guy? No, that's it's before the chainsaw guy. Before the chainsaw so he's guy. basically done with the bikers at this point. Yeah, I think he's got most. He's of them. moving toward because he goes to the chemist next, and the chemist tells yeah. him where the. So he wakes up, right? Wakes up. He gets passed out. Wakes up. There's an animated sequence in mm-hmm. between those two things. In. Remember what happens? Remember. When he wakes up, mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm. It's are you ready? I'm ready. It's the cutest darn lizard you'll ever see. Oh, he the wakes lizard. up and there's like a little tiny. Oh lizard, my gosh, it's so and cute! It's so cute. He's got the little lizard eyes. I remember the. I don't know. I'm not like a reptile guy, but I want to raise that lizard as my own. They blew probably half their budget on that <laughs> on lizard. That lizard. That's like, it's like the uh, like the Tyra Banks of lizards. It's so cute. I mean, just like a supermodel lizard. Yeah. It's a hyper-realistic Pixar lizard. Amazing. So cute. Then he goes to a guy that owns a tiger in his underwear. Oh, yeah. He's doing the LSD thing. He's, making He's also doing it with acid. his bare hands, which... Bad idea? Good I idea. Get, I get, it, it's popped up so many times, I feel like I have to mention it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people seem upset about that, but it's also like there's a lot of other things to be upset about, as I have stated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was making LSD with his bare hands, but he was also acting really weird. So, you know, maybe. Yeah. I mean, okay. He's got a tiger. Yeah. And I remember, so Nicholas Cage doesn't say much. I know the LSD guy kind of says a few things. He never says a word in that scene. LSD? No, Nicholas Cage. Okay. Yeah. So LSD guy talks a little bit. Nick Cage is whatever. And I think he looks at the tiger at some point and the guy's like, I know it's not right. So the LSD dude walks up to the tiger cage, just flicks it on open. Mm-hmm. So let's the tiger out. Now let me ask you something, Cody. What? I mean, this is a tiger. Yep. This is a tiger that is featured in the trailer of the film. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, what I'm thinking in my mind, oh, that tiger's going to come back. In like the final fight, the tiger's going to yeah. show up and rip someone's throat out, right? Yeah. Does it? Nope. That's, that's the end of the story for the tiger. Yeah. It was in the cage. Why did he have the, the tiger? Cody. Walked away. Do you remember why he had the tiger? Oh, if the tiger's calm, that means the acid's good? Yeah, he tests his acid on the tiger. No. I thought I thought what he was implying is that when he's making the acid, if the tiger's chilling, that means it's going well. Oh, I thought he was testing it on the tiger. That's what I got from that. How would you get a tiger to take acid? You throw it on it. It just has to touch <laughs> it. It literally just has to touch it. Okay. Um, Put it in its food. I don't food. know. I'm going to reveal something about myself. You've never taken acid? No, that's not. No. That's not what you're revealing. So you have taken it. <laughs> what I'm going to reveal is that I'm not a tiger expert. Oh. But I am an Eagle Scout. And I at, to get your Eagle Scout, you have to do a service project of some kind. I didn't know that. 
And for mine, there's a um, wild cat sanctuary out in the desert where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And I did a search project for them, and I built some like tiger shelters, like shade boxes for. Them. So they have like some tigers that like were abandoned by circuses or whatever. They have ocelots, they have alligators, they've got uh, a couple bobcats. Anyway, so I will tell you what tiger rescue guy told me mm-hmm. is that if he ever has to move the tigers, like he can't get in front of them. If he like stumbles or anything, like those tigers, like ninety five percent chance they're just gonna maul him. And I don't know how close you've been to a tiger. I've been right next to a tiger with just a chain link fence between me and the tiger. Mm-hmm. They're 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 big boys. They're big. So I mean, if he let the tiger out of the cage, why would the tiger would have eaten someone, right? Unless it was high on LSD. That's a good point. It's just chilling. Okay, but you're telling me those biker dudes are running around with penis daggers and uh, well, that was all that kind of stuff. That was special LSD. That's not the one he's making for everyone else. Yeah, that's he, a good point. She's just point. regular stuff. He's not making mason jars full of LSD for everybody. That's a good point. What do you think that was? I'm guessing it was icing. Hmm? That they used as the prop. Because it was jelly. It was a gelatinous in substance. It was like clearish though, right? It was like gray, I thought. It was like gray, silverish stuff. So I'm like, what was it? Was icing? it icing? It could have been icing. It's, it's, icing's it's not goopy? More, it's more goopy. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, all, it's all jelliness. Yeah, it would have been some kind of a jelly... But, it was but it's even, liquid. It's very liquidy yeah, it's still. very liquidy. Like a syrupy kind of... Yeah, but thicker than syrup. Yeah? I want to know. Uh, Peter, right? Let's not risk it. What's uh, what's his name? Peter, what's his face? Dinklage. No. I'm talking about the director slash writer of this film. Panos. Panos. Peter. <laughs> Panos Cosmatos. Yep. That, that would be the name of the guy that made this movie. Yep. Uh, All right. I want to know what you used. I'm interested. Uh, but anyway, so he lets the tiger out. And that's pretty much the end of that scene, right? Yeah, I think he, he kind of like tells him where to go. He's like, north. <laughs> yeah. I figure back there, like, there can't be that. I don't know how much you've driven in the mountains. There's not like, it's not like a city block where it's like really condensed road. You know, there's like a few roads. I feel like it wouldn't have been that hard to just like keep following the road. Yeah. But yeah. he tells him to go north. Yeah, and north he goes. He does go north. Can I? Okay. I into guess. a hellscape like what looks like an active volcano <laughs> yeah it's got that crimson thing um i guess okay before they get to the church he uh gets revenge on a couple of like, the first couple cultists mm-hmm. right except he he kills the dude mm-hmm. that talks about that says mandy was a sinner or something and makes fun of him for crying that she died yeah like he was the worst kills her kills he was, him. like the right hand man of the leader yeah. and then th- this young sweet lady it's been sucked in with these these cultists. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she cried. He saw that she was crying during the death. Yeah. Of sweet Mandy. Right. So he looks at her in his deranged, blood-soaked look, and uh, lets her go. He says, "No, I forgot about that. You go in peace, young one." Hmm. Um, as he's making his way up, hmm? there's a scene. There's two guys. I remember the first guy, he throws a tomahawk. Oh, yeah, he just throws hits it, him hits him. Right in the head. Oh, yeah. Clean shot, just takes him out. Okay, here's my thing. All he's trying to do is clean a car. If you 
Oh yeah, okay. He was spitting on his car. Okay, it was raining, and he was like drying his car, then spitting, and then. I think he was waxing. What was he doing? I think he was waxing. That wasn't wax. But like the part he was on was shinier than the part that he wasn't. So that's why I think it was supposed to be what he was doing. Look, it was a six million million dollar movie. Okay, I've waxed cars before. That is not how you wax. Wax. Look, wax on, wax off, Cody. Okay, he was doing the wax on motion. Oh, it was like an homage to the Karate Kid. Exactly. Which came out in the year nineteen eighty something. Okay. Also, uh, just a quick, real quick. I'm ready. We did not, we glossed over him. Hmm. And I want to just give a quick shout out. I don't remember his name. I just know they called oh. him Fatty. Oh my God. <laughs> they <laughs> sacrificed him to the cultists. Uh, not the cultists. This, okay. The dude. This is what's crazy. Okay. So when you first meet the cultists, there's, I mean, he's a chubby, he's a chubby kid. He's got little tight blonde curls. He looks very vulnerable. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they even make fun of him. Like I think they call him like Lardy or something. Yeah. Like they seem to mean. And at first I was like, why are they being mean to their followers? Turns out they were just keeping him with them to give away to them. Okay, yeah. they when they first do the Ocarina thing to get the biker dudes. Biker dudes come up, they give him the kid, and they just like no, no, they don't take him at that point. It's when they're in the house. Because he's got his hands against the window that is their bedroom wall. Oh my gosh, you're And right. he's just sitting there, and then like a flash, and their arms are all they around him, and they pull take him away. And I was just like, <gasps> they took him. They took him. They got him. Because I, was... I thought they were going to give him to him in the van, and they didn't. He wasn't even with them in the van. That's a good point, yeah. That was later. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just... it, it was just a weird, like, out of the blue scene so during that. I so bad for that kid. I know. <laughs> They're gonna he got him. eaten. He They're got eaten. Eat him. He got eaten. I just want to okay. clear up any doubt. All right. At this point, a sweet young blonde kid that is a little overweight. He's got a little bit of a weight problem. Yeah. Got eaten. He <laughs> just. I mean, I. All right. It wasn't even. You know, there are sometimes where someone tries to kidnap someone. They're fighting back, and you're just like, you just see him get taken, and you're like, he's, there's nothing he can do. He's yeah. Done. He just. Yeah. He just kind of freaks out. Uh, and that's all of it. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So he tomahawks he, a guy. Tomahawks, then the best scene of the movie. Okay, and then there's the the ripped dude. Yeah. The and muscle. here's my thing: if you take out one guy clean with the tomahawk, mm-hmm. you see another guy shortly down the road. Why didn't he take him out with the tomahawk? Because he's got to do it. Okay, so he doesn't take out the other tomahawk. He comes up. He he just like strolls up on him mm-hmm. with the chainsaw. Right. He like Nick Cage has his chainsaw. He starts revving it right to try to get started up. Right. And then Rich dude, who's got like the forearms of like, yeah, he's a big guy. I mean, just beefy forearms, and he pulls out a chainsaw like three times longer than Nick Cage's. Chain- Why would you ever have a chainsaw that long? Do those are, exist? Yes. For what? For cutting down sequoias? Exactly. You can't for cut what? down a sequoia. So that that's for lumberjacks have those. So literally, that he would should have known that they were going to be there. Because those trees, I mean, like, look look at this table, Cody. They can't see it, but you can see it. They're cutting down trees bigger around than this. So are they going to... So think of how long nope. his tiny one is, right? So you got to go around it in a circle, or you have the big long one, you just go straight through it. Well, I know a little bit about lumberjacking, and I know that you make, like, a V cut, and then mm-hmm. you make a stop cut in the back. Yeah. So you don't have to go all the way around the tree. Yeah, but they can't make the clean V. You have to v make the diameter of the tree, is what you're if, saying. If the chainsaw is this long, they can't make the clean V. 
That's what point. I'm saying. That's a good they point. The longer chainsaw. So you would probably never buy one. You could. I've seen them in the store, but you wouldn't. Why would you? So he buys the kind that your dad has. Anybody's dad. I feel like anybody and everybody's dad at one point has oh, had a chainsaw. You mean the dad chainsaw? The dad chainsaw, and mm-hmm. the other guy pulls out a like the Darth Maul double lightsaber <laughs> Darth Maul of, of yeah. chainsaws. And you're like, well, and he starts, okay, Nick Cage, Lumberjack, right? They establish this early on. Yep. He's having a rough time starting that chainsaw. <laughs> this cultist that has probably never held a chainsaw in his life, first try. Oh, I'm yeah. like, this is unreasonable. He's ready to go. Unreasonable. <sighs> that scene, But man. then they have a duel of the fates mm-hmm. <laughs> with chainsaw. And it's just... I mean... The, it's a chainsaw duel. The ending of this scene. He gets the guy to, what, trip and fall on the chainsaw, yeah. right? Like, chest first and onto not, the chainsaw? Yeah. And yeah, it's not like normally, you know, you have them so their neck falls on the chainsaw or something. Yeah. cuts their head off. No, he just he gets the, his whole body to go. And it's just like a fountain yeah. of blood coming out of the chainsaw. Yeah. Which probably saved him some money on the whole makeup thing because he just vibrates and they spray they, I show, just, they just show them from like behind. You can see the chainsaw's hitting a chest and it's just blood. Yeah. They didn't have to show a chainsaw going through them or anything. See, this is how you save money, Cody. This is how you get in, keep it in the $6 million budget. Estimated. It could have been $50 million for all I know. That's just estimated budget. I am very curious to know. I'm curious to know how they're going to make their money back. I am curious to know like how much they spent on this. Yeah. But I mean, so, 90, it has like a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's Metacritic is like 88. Um, I got it. MDB score is a little lower, but that's understandable. Uh, well, it has the Metacritic here. Um, it's got the 82 on the Metacritic. It's pretty good. 6.8 on the on the IMDb. It's not great. 94 on Tomatoes, right? I'm going. I'm looking. I'm looking. 94 on Rotten Tomatoes pretty to high. this day. So he kills the dude. He wins the battle. Mm-hmm. Then. He heads okay. to what? Have they been building this thing? Or... No idea. But can I just say, okay, so they roll up on this church, mm-hmm. you know, way up in the mountains, and like the church built on LSD looks dope. It's amazing. It's really cool. But it's like just the wood. It's the like, framing structure. of the church. Yeah, but yeah. it's like it has walls and a roof, so it's like done but not done. Yeah, and then it's, it's more all like, than a frame. It's all like crimson lit. And mm-hmm. then, like in like the lectern or like the altar area, mm-hmm. there that's where he goes down, right? Yeah, he throws the Bible. I assume it was a Bible, maybe it was weird demon scripture. I don't know. Yeah, they were. Throws it to the it side. was fairly Christian. I think it was a Christian cult. It sounded like. Oh yeah, no, it's a Christian hippie cult. Mm-hmm. But see, he thinks he he just talks earlier on. Jeremiah talks about isn't he like the reincarnated savior or something? Yeah, Is so that he's what like he's, saying? he's the he's like I'm a savior. There's been many. That's his whole thing. He's mm-hmm. like. He's like, you know what Jesus' problem was? He did. He let himself get killed instead of sacrificing others or something like that. That oh, was his yeah. thing. So that's his thing. He thinks he's the savior, but he th- he's like, I can live forever as long as I sacrifice others. Yeah. And it's like, okay. You're a fa- <laughs> he's literally, it even says in here, he's just a failed musician that started a cult. Yeah. Like, that's what he is. Oh, he's a failed... Musician. I also like how they still call it the the, the ocarina a mystical horn. 
Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. So he goes down into these catacombs. This is a lot of, lot of stuff for like six people. Yeah, for a six-person cult, it's a lot. Um, so he goes down there. He yeah. encounters somebody. The lady. Yeah. You talking about the lady? Talking about the old lady. She like begs for mercy, right? Or she's like, no, no. What does she do? She offers herself per. Sam's oh, was she like want... trying to barter sex for her life? Yeah, because she oh. tells him that Jeremiah oh. says that she's the most sensual lover. Oh, because she empathy or something. She has so much empathy, empathy. which I'm like. I don't think you know what empathy means. <laughs> yeah. You burn someone alive. You don't have empathy. Yeah. And uh, what I like, I thought it was kind of cool because they didn't show it. Because obviously that would have been kind of a boring thing to show him kill her. Mm-hmm. So they didn't show it. They showed her begging and rubbing all up on him. Mm-hmm. She's trying to be sexy, but she's obviously like in her 80s. <laughs> um, and he just looks at her with the crazy eyes. Yeah. What happens next, Cody? Take All right. On the well, next, it's time for us to encounter the cult leader, Jeremiah, in his, like, special chamber thing. Yeah. He rolls up, and I don't know at what point, but I do know that he tosses her head on the ground. Yeah, that's, like, before he even gets in there, he throws the head in there. Because I think Jeremiah's going to be like, we're cool, right? And then it's just, like, lady's head, so you know that they're not cool. They're not cool. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, I love, I thought... I think maybe the best performance in this was probably from the cult leader. Oh, yeah. He was, and Top you know, dog. he's doing his whole thing, be like, I'm on this whole other level you'll never get to. I've had these revelations and, and everything. He's going, you know, he's like pitiful at one point, and then he's like all proud. and Yeah. Mm, I can't remember how Nick Cage kills him. Do you remember? I do remember. Oh, please take us through. Because he like, he gets, he's all proud. Then he goes down on his knees, offers services. Mm-hmm. In exchange for his life, Nick Cage ain't having it. He probably is not capable of understanding what's happening at that point because of all the drugs. So then he stands up and he starts yelling at him about how he's the reincarnation of God or something, right? And mm-hmm. you're, he's like, you can't judge me, only God can judge me. And Nick Cage grabs his head and he <gasps> says, I'm your God now. And that's his first line since <laughs> the death of Mandy. And then he crushes his head. Literally crushes it. Yep. Scooshes it. Yep. And then sets everything on fire. And he walks out. And then there's the best shot. You know, I feel like the only purpose for this shot, you know the one I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. is because Nick Cage is so well known for coffee cup, coffee mug, grade faces <laughs> yeah. that he had to have one for the yeah. movie. So he's driving. It's intense. You know, he's having flashbacks. He's seeing Mandy again. And then he has his weird face where he just like has this huge crazy eyes and smile and he just stares at the camera. Yeah. And he's like. <laughs> and that's it. For like 30 seconds. It's a long yeah. time. Okay. Three things about that. Three things. First off, what a face. What a man. What a face. Exactly. Second off, I thought, so there's the part where he's like, it's my favorite shirt. And then they show like a flashback of him meeting Mandy, I think. In the They shirt. meet at a concert and he's wearing that shirt. and. Mm-hmm. I thought like, oh, it means something, which yeah. I thought was really cool. And then they show Mandy driving in the, pa- or she's in the passenger seat with him. Uh-huh. For, like he's like, imagines her there. I think that's when he turns back to the camera and you see the seat's empty and he does his crazy face. Uh-huh. Last thing. So like the cover of like the sci-fi fantasy book that Mandy was reading, 
you know, it's like these like weird mountains and a giant moon and stuff. And like, that's basically where Nick Cage is driving out of. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, like, why was he like driving in like the twin moon warlock valley or whatever it was called, you know, from the book? What do you what do you take from that? Like the meaning of that last, you know, that whole thing last together. So, I got two theories. First one is that he he died. He never got out of those restraints, right? And that's like his brain dying last moments. Oh. Or he took the LSD and he went insane and just joined their biker gang or something. Mm, yeah, or died there, and the LSD made him think that all of that happened. Interesting. I. Or it could just I, be a cool aesthetic choice. It could just be a cool aesthetic choice, for sure. It could be sort of like him passing on into the next life, right? Because mm-hmm. that's like, she loved that book and that's where he's leaving. Mm-hmm. I think this all together, I mean, if the last 30 minutes stood alone, or if they'd made a thing, it would have been a stupid movie. It would have been a wonderful, terrible movie. Yeah. Because of the first 90 minutes and because they tie it in together at the very end. The end isn't him squishing the guy's head. No. That isn't squishing the guy. And then it's him leaving. You see how he met Mandy. You see her in the car, and you see him drive away. And he's obviously gone crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, he did get his revenge. And so it, because they tie that all together, it makes it actually a very good movie where it could have just been an excuse to have Nicolas Cage fight a bunch of cultists and leather dudes. Yeah. I don't even remember. Was that the last shot? Was the? the I think movie? it's just him driving. I think that's the last shot that I can recall. Yeah. I remember writing it down because like, what does it mean? Yeah, that's kind of the, what I thought when I first saw it. I was like, I wonder if it was like this has all just been like a, that's a his dr- fantasy, like of... a drug fueled hallucination, and he just never left the house or yeah. something like that. You know, and uh, I don't know. We may never know with this film because uh, it's a it's a lot of movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of movie that seems like where they would just be like, well, what does it mean to you? And it's like, well, yeah, I don't think you have that deep of a movie here to be given that answer. Yeah, But it is a, I liked it. I liked the movie. Like I said, I was very bored in the beginning. There's lots of choices that I honestly wonder if they just made them because they're like, like, who cares? the type of movie it is like who cares about being that accurate and like the helicopter thing it's like well we can't actually afford a helicopter that can carry six guys yeah. so we'll just have a helicopter have them walk up to it and then pretend they all got into it mm-hmm. yeah you know kind of thing but it's a it's a good one it's a good one Not for i the don't f- think it deserves the high ranking it's gotten i think it does i think somehow balancing those two things because it made me happy and it made you happy yeah somehow even though not that there aren't movies to be a great and we both like but it was so far in one direction and so far in another it's quite a feat i think it i think it could have been a little better i think they could have gotten a better performance either out of nick cage or gotten someone else to do that part and i think it just seemed like he was like turned off and crazy at the same time yeah you know, like what he didn't deliver his lines well. Eric no. Estrada from Chips, <laughs> like what? Yeah. Things like that. You know, he only had a handful of lines, but I mean, it all succeeded because there were great supporting actors. There was a cool vision for it. What if Ryan Gosling had been red? 
would not have been a good movie. It would have been great. I don't think it would have been good. Yeah. I mean, I do think they needed someone older and like... Nick Cage has the craziness, and I think they did kind of need that to pull it mm-hmm. off. I mean, somehow, it being a Nick Cage movie made me think it's going to be weird and not good. It was weird. And then it was weird, but actually very good. Yeah. This movie is not for the faint of heart. It's graphic. <laughs> it's... Definitely not for the faint of heart. But I mean, I don't like horror movies. I don't know if I'd call it a horror, but it has those horror elements and thriller elements in the beginning that were done so well, I was just like amazed mm-hmm. how creepy those baggy days were. Oh, it's creepy. Yeah. So yeah, I'd I'd give it I'd give it a a Celtic Frost logo. <laughs> yeah. Axe. I'd give it one of those. I mean, if you're looking for something super unique and off the wall, you gotta check it out. Yeah. And I mean, they have five million dollars to make up. Yeah. And I would be very interested to see what this director does next. So maybe throw some money at him. Maybe. Maybe. <sighs> yeah, it's up to you. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much done it to death. I feel like I was going into this expecting we would talk you about thought? this for 30 minutes. It, it, we went an hour longer than I thought we would. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I was There's... surprised when you thought there wasn't a lot to talk about because it, it is out there, man. It's so it, it is out there. <sighs> All right. Well... I would love to hear your opinions. I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, if you know Mike Pence mm-hmm. and you want him to give up the, right, give up the rights to Wolverine to make yep. a similar movie, mm-hmm. tweet me at Opinion Havers. And you can listen to all the other podcasts <clears throat> and tweet Cody about them. You can find them on podcast.com, on okay. iTunes, on Google Play, and a bunch of others. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure all the other ones, but I use Double Pod. It's on there. You check check your favorite podcast, but I mean, if you found us, you probably found us on your favorite podcast site. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check, 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 and uh, you listen to us there. We got some po- we got some other stuff up on there. It's all good stuff. It's all good. Cody gets real racist in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to edit it real heavily, you know. But we powered through it, and we made it to this movie, our crowning achievement. <laughs> And Nicolas Cage's crowning achievement. Exactly. I'm sure he's the most proud of this movie, of all the movies he's ever been in. I, I doubt he remembers shooting this movie. Probably not. I'll I, tell you I would not be surprised if he was actually on drugs <laughs> while filming the movie. But it's a good one. Uh, go listen to some metal and some failed uh, hippie artists from the 80s oh, in yeah. honor of this film. And if you get hungry... Call on the Cheddar Goblin. <gasps> the Cheddar Goblin. Till next time, have opinions and watch movies. <laughs>